Welcome, everybody, to Business Geeks Podcast. I'm your host, Super Joe Pardo, and today we are going to talk about how to go about getting more speaking gigs. My two co-hosts over here, and I say co-host this time, not guest co-host, because I'm getting better at this, um, you know, <laughs> changing my vocabulary up. So I, I'm joined by Jennifer Crawford of Sparent.co. What's up, Jennifer? How are you feeling hey, tonight? Hey, Joe. Hey, everybody. I have to apologize right off the bat because it is rainy and uh, miserable where I live and I look like a Chia pet because I have curly hair. And if it wasn't for these headphones, my hair is literally like out to here. Cha-cha-chia. So anyway, I just want to apologize because it's just doing its own thing. It's going to be the fourth character on our podcast today. My poofy hair. No, no one's uh, no one's judging you on that. Obviously. I'm judging myself. <laughs> Which is funny because I was thinking, wow, I love your hair today, Jennifer. Oh, Sam, you're the best. You're so nice to me all the time. I don't deserve you. <laughs> uh, and my other, our other co-host, Samantha Riley, down at like towards the bottom of the earth uh, where she's she's broadcasting from, right? The bottom of the screen and the bottom of the earth. Down yes. under. Yes. Yeah, but like Adelaide is like close to the bottom. Like you could exactly. probably throw a football and hit Antarctica, right? Like you're not that I, far. Absolutely. And they get some ridiculously cold Antarctic winds down here. Horrible. But anyway, <laughs> yes, super great to be here with you both today. Yeah. Oh, pleasure's all mine. And and I apologize for not being able to join both of you last week. Uh, it was uh, with the death of in the family and, and just a lot of... Um, um, that night specifically was uh, pretty difficult. So thank no, you for no apologies no. needed. Exactly, and we're so happy to have you and your beautiful energy back, Joe. Oh, well, Absolutely. thank you. It's, it is it is much appreciated. So all right, so we're going to talk about the getting of the gigs, getting of the speaking gigs, and we have a lot of different both opinions and takes on this because both uh, well, all three of us have run conferences that have had speakers, and and at the same time. We've all been speakers, though. So, um, Jen, you've you've spoken, right? Like, yeah, you've never I, spoken at, at, at MapCon. So it's not I, my you know. thing. I mean, I, I do it. I do it. I just, uh, it, you know, it's not a major thing on my bio yet. Well, who who would like to start out this week uh, talking about, I guess, the foundation of getting more gigs? Well, I can jump in first because I think, and we talked about this before we started recording, is that a lot of people come out of the gate knowing that they need more speaking gigs to build their brand, to get more gigs, to get in front of more people, you know, to speak from, you know, a one-to-many perspective. And that's great, but they don't necessarily have any speaking experience. So what they do is they go out looking for these gigs without really getting the foundations right. And one of those things that people do is look at training on how to speak rather than thinking, how am I going to set the foundations and, and you know, build this business or build this brand? So I think that the very first thing that people should look at is creating their own opportunities. And Jennifer, we spoke about this last week in that rather than going out and trying to get your first speaking gig at some huge conference with, you know, and asking for a $10,000 fee, that maybe starting off in running your own meetup 
meetups or running your own conferences or workshops is the best place to start because not only do you get the experience, but you also don't have to worry about anyone pointing the finger when you make mistakes or, you know, do things that are, aren't quite right. And guess what? 100% it's going to happen. It's it's a new skill set, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if if you can't get a speaking gig, I mean, you can create your own. It's not not hard. You know, meetup is what, $12 a month or something like that. Mm -hmm. You can start a meetup and speak at your own meetups. You can also book other speakers there. Yeah. In terms of getting better, Sam, what do you think about Toastmasters? Have you ever, do you have Toastmasters? You must. You must it's yeah, we have Toastmasters. I've never done it. I know a lot of people that do it. I think that any opportunity where you can get in front of a group of people is not a wasted opportunity. So I think that Toastmasters is a great, a great place to, to hone your skills in a setting where everyone else is at the same level as you or, you know, everyone's starting out. So you don't have to worry about the judgment as much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I like that. And, you know, I had a public speaking phobia. It was a real issue of mine. So it's probably why still today I, I don't really seek it out heavily, although I've come a long way. And the one thing that helped me so much was actually getting into improv, taking improv classes. And now I've been in an improv troupe for about 10 years. And it sounds goofy and silly, but it really got me over like stage fright and got me over that fear of looking or sounding foolish in front of strangers, because that's just kind of par for the course. And you do it with other people and you're having fun. And then once you've made a fool out of yourself, a number of times on stage in front of people, then getting up and talking with regard to your business is much easier. So I highly recommend somebody trying trying out improv. And where can we find opportunities or find groups that do improv? Yeah, I would just Google uh, improv classes, improv workshops in your local city. You know, there improv is pretty much everywhere. So you'll be able to find a beginner's, you know, 101 uh, class and jump in and you'll probably like it. There are a lot of foundational elements of improv that translate seamlessly to business. Sounds exciting. Yeah. I've never done improv. Have you, you Joey? You uh, no, no, I have not. It like goes everything against the logical brain part. Uh, <laughs> you would both be great. You would everyone it's 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 uh, an art form for everybody. You would uh, sounds be great. Fun. Sounds super fun. fun. I've done Toastmasters uh, a little bit, um like a real like a couple of sessions. Um I think it's great if you're even if you're not trying to get, you know, speaking engagements for your business or anything like that. I think it's just great to have the opportunity to go and give a talk, uh, organize a talk, give a talk and get better at commanding like your meetings or if you're climbing that corporate ladder, like wherever it is that you're at, like it's just it, it's a great experience, especially if you don't have that experience at all. I think that that's a, it's a really it's an easy it's an easy win. Totally, totally. So the second thing that I've put on my list for really getting your foundations right is to build relationships with people that run meetups. So I'm not talking about just reaching out to someone that you've never met before and saying, hey, I'd love to come speak at your at your event. Actually building relationships, starting to get to know people, um, starting to get to know their tribe, their audience, the kinds of things that they're looking for so that when you go and, you know, pitch that you want to speak, at least you know that you can add value because you've already built that relationship. And I'm sure that Joe and and Jennifer, you'll go into that more later about understanding the value that you're bringing, not just going, hey, I'm so great. You need to you need to have me. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I'll even uh, ex 
expand on that a little bit in that I think it's important that if you're looking to get more speaking gigs, it's to really understand why. I mean, we all know it builds our influence, it you know increases our visibility, but are you doing it to sell books? Are you doing it because you want to get more clients or more business? Or are you just trying to find opportunities? Exactly why are you speaking? So that you can keep be focused on that goal and select opportunities that align with that goal. And also who is your audience? Like who is it that you're connecting with? And as specific as you can be about that. For instance, I have a friend and her speaking career is going really well. And she specifically speaks to Latina um, women who are interested in financial well-being, wellness, financial wellness. That is her target audience. So she has no problem finding speaking gigs because there are events that are catering to that audience. She is now creating her own events and has no problem getting sponsors because again, there are businesses that are targeting that specific audience and want to, and they want to get in front of that audience so I think that's really important it's like know who you're you know resonating with and that way I think it's an easier sell to a conference event as well if you are really have something to say to a specific audience you're gonna be a good fit and probably somebody they're gonna want at their event absolutely yeah I think you know meetups are are another easy win there and and I think it's great because you're gonna get into you know you you are putting together a network of people that are like because the more niche you are, the more more easy it is for you to be like, okay, I found my people. They, we might not all agree on everything, but like we all agree that we are women and that we are Latina. And, you know, I can identify with that at the very least, at the bare minimum when I go to that that space. So, yeah, I, I mean, meetups, I, I think are, uh, and they're plentiful, right? There's, I mean, there's all oh, kinds yeah. of meetups and they're all mm. looking for that. I would even throw and lump into that like rotary clubs because they're like yeah. literally <laughs> meeting up like every week uh, and they yeah. have to have a speaker at every single event. And I've spoken at a number of them and it's a great way to like cut your teeth and get those reps in to, you know, especially because it's such a diverse crowd at Rotary Clubs. There might be some young and, and by young might be like still like 40 and some old that are like 80, 90 years old. So it's uh, it's it's a diverse crowd to be able to like go in and have the opportunity to just speak to more than like two people in front of you, right? Like at yeah. least you're going to get to speak to, you know, maybe 40, 50, 100 people uh, yeah. as I have. Yeah. Well, and I have a story, a real life situation because you might Ooh. be thinking, I just want to hit the ground running. I want to speak, speak, speak. I want to hit conferences. I want to hit big events. And you're thinking, oh, meetups, lame. No, totally not lame. And this is why. I run a, a meetup for podcasters in our area I and I book speakers for that meetup. I booked a speaker. I got to see, her, I see this person speak, liked how she performed. Performed. I liked how the audience responded to her. I then booked her for a DC PodFest. She then got um, seen by a larger conference producer who was at my conference and she got booked for a national conference. This was all in less than a year. Mm. So don't think it's not, uh, and don't think it's a slow stepping stone. It can actually propel your speaking career pretty quickly, um, particularly if you're fostering those relationships, you're professional, you're showing up on time, you're promoting the event, no matter how small you're helping that organizer in some way, then you're going to be
be memorable Mm -hmm. in that respect. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's like when I work with speakers, it's how they interact with the event professionally uh, sometimes is of greater importance than how they perform on the stage. Could not agree more. That that right there is a massive piece of gold because (laughs) as the as the event organizer, like there is so much work that goes into it. So if a speaker can interact with the audience and make it so that everyone that's at that event walks away going, wow, that was so good, then that's a massive win-win. Yeah, absolutely. But they also got to make it easy for you as the as the organizer. Like I've had to deal with people that are like super prima donna and like, <laughs> like everything's a problem and they like I need to I need this and I need that and and is this you know is this right and like come on man like or or lady like I'm dealing with like 25 <laughs> of you or 30 of you like I, you know I can't help uh hand held I was about to say held hand hand handhold <laughs> all of you through that process and yeah. and it's you know so you know being able to be self sufficient being able to read all of the rules being able to read the agreement that you were agreeing to and then not later being like oh well I, I didn't know I was agreeing to that like we well, didn't read like absolutely right like open, absolutely. Your, open your eyes be prepared read the agreement make sure you hand in your slides in advance by the date that the event organizer asks them for yes follow up yes um Sam I I think this is your wheelhouse entirely I'd love for you to speak about how speakers should polish their personal brand online mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. when people are considering you for a speaking gig because they're going to check you out online mm-hmm. before they ever make that uh, that final decision how you can present well online what are the things that you should be paying attention to what do you think conference organizers and event organizers are looking for in their speakers when they check them out online perfect now this is the exactly what you just said you've got to understand that people are googling you whether you like it or not like mm-hmm. they are you just have to understand that straight up so make sure that your LinkedIn profile your Facebook profile your website all of them the messaging matches so we're not going to show up on Facebook the same way as LinkedIn that's not what I'm saying but make sure the messaging matches up make sure that the images and all of the different social media platforms and your website are the same so that people straight away recognize you Mm -hmm. because they won't remember you if you've got different images everywhere. They want to see the same person and instantly go, oh, yep, that's that person. Make sure that you're using the same words. Make sure that you're, you know, creating your content that is specifically related to your speaking topic so that when people look you up, event organizers look you up, they absolutely know that you are the expert. They understand, they know and trust, have confidence that you know your topic and what you're talking about. You know, if you're talking about... Actually, it doesn't even matter what your topic is. If your news feed is full of your drunk Saturday night photos, like <laughs> even though behind the scenes that's what we might do, it doesn't matter. Just keep it private and uh, make sure that you are showing up in a professional way so that that as the event organiser, we absolutely have 100% trust that you're going to show up in the way that we want, uh, you know, for your audience. Absolutely. So professional images, messaging, content that relates to your topic. They're the three biggest things. I can say. Now, I want to get to Mary Sue's question, but first I have to rant a little bit because I wouldn't be a Business Geeks <laughs> podcast if I didn't rant about at least a few things. <laughs> For the love of all things uh, holy, please have a professional headshot done. Uh-huh. Do not send me a selfie. 
It happens all the time. I yes. got a selfie for an upcoming conference of mine, Podcast Inc. I got a selfie from one of the speakers and this person is a, a professional speaker. Like, really? I mean, he presented on the website and I know this person, great. Love the content, love this person. I wouldn't have booked him otherwise, but really shocked not to have a professional headshot. Wow. I'm, I'm really shocked. It really Hashtag stands out. great rant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Why would you come not? on. It's exactly. so easy. Just book a session. Just do it. Not ah. that hard. Absolutely. Well, you don't not. even have to book a session. Just take your iPhone out, put it in portrait mode, and give it to somebody else to take the picture. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, and don't take it in your dirty bathroom or no, your dirty, no. you know, bedroom or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's better. It's better like, than nothing. Right. Exactly. Like at least and get you know get a presentable and and get someone else to just go snap and then bam, you got yourself at least something better than a you know I took a selfie and send it in. Like that's I mean, terrible. I, I, I'll just rant about it. I'm not at the point where I'm like, no, you cannot speak at my conference unless you have a professional headshot. But there are conferences that do require it and will completely if you if you send them a selfie in your application, they won't even consider you. Oh yeah. Actually, I can tell you why. And I've never had someone send me a selfie, so th so I'm really happy about this. But in all of my promotion of my events, I don't want to show someone that on my on my post with a selfie because that that reflects back to me and maybe yeah. people think my conference isn't you know respectable or you know it's it's not going to have the the caliber that people are expecting so you absolutely have to have a professional headshot and as brent said hashtag duck face we do not want duck face on <laughs> our, on face. our no, no duck face <laughs> here, here we are in, in in this in this conference world in this event world as an organizer i want to make my speakers look good but i also want my speakers to make me look good make the conference look good i want us to work exactly for a mutual benefit. I want us to have a win-win situation. That selfie's not helping. Come on. <laughs> Come exactly. On. Exactly. Okay. Rant over. Uh, I want to talk uh, and address Mary Sue's question because uh, it's a good one. So how, it's a great yeah. one. Yeah. How important is your following to be selected as a speaker? So social media following, how important is it to you, Joe? How important is it? Uh, you look at it when you book I a speaker? I would say not very, not super because it depends on the person, right? Cause not every, just cause you have a big following doesn't mean they're going to share it. Like they, they you That's know, true. maybe they share, it, maybe mm. they don't. And just because they have a big following, it doesn't mean that following is aligned with what your conference is about. So like, you know, this is a podcast conference. So it's like, you're a big time podcaster to dentists. Cool. But like your 10,000 dentists that are following you are not going to care about the podcasting conference. Right. Yeah, so I like, agree. it's not going to like, it's, it's also not fair in the sense of like your niche versus somebody else else's niche you know I maybe there's that. one or two people that will be like oh yeah i want to come to that but it, it, like I, I don't know. It, to me, it doesn't really make a difference. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a deal breaker. I'll say that if they don't have any social media presence, I, that really mm, I, that doesn't really bode well. But, um, but do they have good content? You know, they well, have no the content. Where, well, well, hang on a minute. If the, if they've got good content, they would have a following. So yeah. I agree with Jennifer on that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. I think I do pretty good YouTube videos, but my, my YouTube you know subscribers is only like three hundred and forty. 
Yeah, I, okay, I, I don't that's think a, that that's, those uh, are real followers. So, and yeah. I think you made a great point, Joe, that like because I have found that when I've booked speakers with larger followings, with bigger resumes, with more of a a name behind them, I actually get the least from them in value. Mm-hmm. They promote the event the least amount. I don't get to leverage their robust audience because they're sort of too big to mm-hmm. you know do that. And they tend to show up right before they speak and they leave right after. Mm-hmm. So I, as a, as a boutique uh, sized conference, I actually don't seek out uh, these big name people or these large audiences, but I do like something kind of, you know, uh, like a, I, I, I hate to use this term, but sort of micro influencers, people with, um, you know, followings, they don't have to be huge, but they're loyal and they're engaged. So I'm looking mm-hmm. for an engaged following, even if it's a hundred mm-hmm. people, but those hundred people are, I can see that they're engaged, they're real, they're they're not bought followers. That interests me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not I- a deal breaker, but I do look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look at it too. And I think what you said there, Jennifer, is right. There's a sweet spot in the middle where we're not talking about people that have got zero following. We're not talking about the, you know, the really big speakers because they do not promote, but the people in the middle that have a clearly defined brand, they definitely have some sort of audience and they are highly engaged. Those people are fantastic. And I know going back a few years ago, I had a big name speaker reach out to me to speak at one of my events and I turned him down, which he obviously wasn't expecting and it hurt his ego and he came back and said, I'll pay you whatever you want to be on your stage. And I still didn't take him because I knew what he was going to do was Mm -hmm. just come in, sell to all my people and walk out. And I want to protect my audience. And I didn't want to be a part of that. You did the right thing because that's one of my pet peeves is a speaker that gets up there and tries to sell. Even Mm. though we like Joe and I both, we, you know, we communicate with our speakers that that's no go. Yeah. But I have to approve their slides and everything because they'll sneak it in. Those sneaky snakes, they just can't help themselves. (laughs) Well, it is a little bit tricky because we do do speaking gigs to get, you know, something back for our business, but it's just, how are we doing that? Are you coming straight out and saying, Hey, here's my thing, buy it, rush to the back of the room. Or are you saying, Hey, I'd love to stay connected, join my Facebook group. There's a lot of value in there, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's still selling. It's just in a different way. So I actually am a big believer that we do need to give our audience the next step because as a speaker, if we've delivered value, then if we just walked away from the audience, we'd be letting them down because we're not giving them the opportunity to, to continue on and take the next step with us. You're right. There is a, there is a healthy balance in there. Yeah. yeah well, you don't want them to be hard selling. I mean, you, you, but there needs to be some kind of step to like, Hey, you can keep, Keep, let's keep yeah. in contact and let's build yeah. from here because um, there's going to be a certain amount of people that want more out of it. Not everybody will, but what's an extra like 20 seconds on a 40, 30 minute talk, 20 minute exactly. talk. Exactly. You know? So what was, uh, what was the other point? Uh, did you have any more points, Sam, that you uh, had? No, because, because Jen t- took it beautifully. It was about making sure that you have your personal brand in check, make sure that your messaging is clear and on point and make sure that when you reach out to people, that you're very clear and this is what I speak on. These are my topics and this is how 
how I can add value to your audience. So, you know, being very clear on that. Okay. I have a question for both of you, uh, just an opinion. So you know how uh, speakers that are on the speaker circuit, many of them have a signature talk. Mm -hmm. It's well rehearsed. It's well practiced. And no matter where you see them, if you see them from one conference to another conference, you see the exact same talk. Mm -hmm. The one where they've got the joke in exactly the same yeah. place and you're like, it was funny the first time, but it's yes. creepy the second time. Right, the second time is just weird. <laughs> so yeah. I, was, I, was, I saw a speaker that fell into this category and the first time I saw her, I was, oh, she's very impressive. She did her talk. It was very, I could tell it was extremely rehearsed. So because it was so rehearsed, it came across as a little authentic, but she did well. And then I was at another conference, same typical, uh, I mean, uh, similar audiences. It was uh, women entrepreneurs. So I was at another conference with that type of audience in another state and she's speaking again. And again, it's the exact same thing. And some of these people were at we're also at that other conference because, you know, we, we kind of go to these types of conferences. So what is your opinion is I, I see why a speaker will do that. But I also think they as a speaker, you have to be careful not to suffer from overexposure and and maybe have a few talks that you kind of rotate, maybe, mm. you know, quiet one and, you know, make it dormant for a while. I don't know. I, I don't I, I don't know what the right answer is, but I I didn't like it. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't like it. You know, like you said, it's creepy the second time yeah yeah i'll let you go first joe because i've spoken okay. a lot <laughs> so uh right, okay so, well there's a couple ways to look to look at that right so one would be like a musician that's playing the same set list every night right because yeah. they only have one album so like maybe there's like one song that they played differently that you know from a song they wrote oh, so prior like a one to the one album in the yeah world. right <laughs> So, well, uh, yeah, or a comedian, right? That that's mm -hmm. that's doing the same routine. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I think that that says a lot for like if you're willing to go at the miles that it takes to like really rehearse it. So like I I think of of my good friend Dr. Jeff Barnes with his talk, uh, the Wisdom of Walt, and and like he he had a park bench made for his talk. He brings oh. the park bench out. He's all dressed up as if he's like a an attendant at Disneyland, and he talks about you know Walt Disney and his you know the whole thing. And that, I've watched that talk grow over the last five years, like from like being somewhat rehearsed and like some like the slides were somewhat professional to like everything to the T. Like he's got people paying him to ship the bench and stuff like that. Wow. So yeah, right. So because the bench is a big part. I mean, it's you know Walt has his own bench and it's part of the story and and all that. So I, you know, I think if you're going through all that, like I would, if I was them, I would uh, probably at least try, if I'm going to do one talk, I would have a few spots where I could either ad lib or have like four or five jokes that fit in that spot. So I could always, so it's always at least a little different every time you see it, you know, I, but that's just me. That's the DJ in me that, you know, wants to make something different. Even if it's the same set that I would always play, like there would be, might be four or five songs, six songs that are different in different spots or songs that are new songs that are, that are being added all the time. So it's like what, you know, like something that, you know, but something that you don't know. Hmm. Uh, that makes you hmm. feel comfortable, but but at the same time, like exploratory to open up and listen. Because in your case, 
Jen, I would think that would make you shut down. Like I know I would shut down. I would, I would just get up and walk out or turn, open up my laptop and just start doing stuff. So like, I already heard this. I don't, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, and I think that my take is similar to yours, Joe, in that one of my values is mastery. And probably because I've got a classical ballet background, you know, we just practice the same thing over and over and over. And it's about mastery. I think the one piece that I don't like, and to me, this, I lose trust when speakers do this. They'll say something that's you know, usually a joke. Hey, this happened to me the other day. But when you hear them three years later Ooh. and they say exactly like this happened to me the other day, it's that piece that I don't like. So the key points, you know, absolutely repeat that same key talk because you will get something different out of it every time. But it's the piece that I don't like when someone says, oh, yesterday. And I'm like, what? That exact same thing happened to you yesterday and three years ago? Die. Like straight away, That's exactly right. So die. straight away way in my head I go I don't trust you anymore so yes. I think that that's the piece I don't like yeah thumbs yep. down on that absolutely <laughs> and that would be an easy thing to to tweak and personalize yeah. to make so it a little different. change your jokes or change your case studies or change the this happened to me on the way to the conference like if it didn't happen don't don't say it but definitely I don't have a problem with someone you know really getting that keynote and and really polishing it and achieving mastery with it I would rather see a polished speaker than someone that's never rehearsed and is just bumbling their way through which I don't know about you two I have also done but (laughs) it's not what I prefer to see well I I would like to to brag that I am not a gifted speaker but in terms of ins- uh, inspiring people to go out and seek speaking gigs, the reason I do do it when I do it is that even my mediocre talks, I've always gotten business after I've spoken. Mm. So, and I, I, I'm not blowing the room away, I assure you. I didn't get a standing ovation, nothing like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, you know, I'm putting something out there. And the fact is most people don't have the guts to get in front of an audience. Public speaking is one of our greatest fears as a people. It's one of like, it's proven. Mm-hmm. It's one of our greatest fears is, is public mm. speaking. Uh, most people will avoid it at all costs. So even if you get up there and you're not super gifted, you can reap the benefits of that. And the more you do it, the better you get. It's like, it's definitely something to get that mastery. You have to practice. Can I just add one thing in there? Cause I did talk about the, the bumbling talk. And as mm-hmm. you were speaking then, Jen, I thought actually, if I share this story, this might help someone <laughs> always make sure that and especially if you're a a speaker if you're nervous about speaking which I thought it would be easier to die than to speak thank goodness I've gotten (laughs) over that but that was me 10 years ago I'd rather die than speak and one of my very first talks that I was hired for was in a corporate office up on the the 42nd floor to um, a corporate group of area managers for a large bank I got paid for it I thought this is the best thing ever this is flash you know, the marble floors. I'm like, oh, I've made it. This is so good. And what happened was half an hour in, all of these men in their fancy suits and shiny shoes started leaning back in their seats and crossing their arms. They weren't open to what I was talking about. I started bumbling because I started to feel really uncomfortable. So my tip about this is make sure that you're in front of the target market that you want to spend the time with. So don't put yourself in situations where people aren't going to be open or receptive to your talk because it'll make you extremely nervous and it will, it will that set me back for a good couple of years. Like it really put, you oh, know, I, I felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. You got to set yourself up for success. Yeah. So I, I, I told 
told Melissa like a couple of years ago, I was like, you know, I, I'm, I am nervous to go and talk because one of the things that's different, and I know I've told you this, Sam, the, uh, from DJing, like DJing to me is great because I can read a room. I can change the, the music. I can change mm. the vibe. I can change, yeah. you know, people's faces and emotions and move, you know, all these pieces around uh, just by picking the right music and all that versus like going in with the talk, like my slides are already set. So like my slides aren't hitting and my jokes aren't hitting and, and things aren't like going right out of the gate. It's like you just said, Sam, like you're just going to start to bumble because you're going to start like thinking in different directions and, yeah. and it's not one choice. It's now it's like I go three or four or five different choices. And it's just like, this is what I have. Like, this is what I, I can't change the slides on the, on the, on right. the fly here. Like it is what it is. And, and so that's, that's why maybe sometimes it's better to have less slides slides or slides that are more open-ended, you mm-hmm. know, so that you can fill in the blanks and, and build that story uh, without having to, and change the story or, or use a different example or something like that without having to like, well, the picture I have is a picture of a chicken. And like, you guys clearly <laughs> are all like, uh, you know, PETA friends of PETA. So <laughs> it's not. exactly. Yeah. You, know what, you know what I hate that happens when I speak and it, happens every single time and it I can't help it and it's so embarrassing but whenever I speak my legs shake like they tremble because like uh-huh. there's just like that adrenaline and even when I'm not like crippled like my nervousness is not crippling me I can still you know string some sentences together I can't keep my my leg from shaking and, <laughs> and there are times when I know it's visible and I don't like that people can see that because I'm thinking you know I'm making them uncomfortable if they think that I'm uncomfortable so I I don't know. I I've never found any tips to keep like that specific like physical reaction from happening, but it's a little embarrassing. I don't like it. I mean, walking yeah. around is is that like, gotta yeah, be yeah, like pacing. If that's yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. But you don't want to yeah. do like the. I remember one of my one of my teachers back in high school was talking about like politicians talking on TV, and like every twenty seconds their hands went up, and then, like the, her husband, she was like, my husband was sitting there and counting one, two, three, nineteen, twenty. Oh, there goes the hands again like every like it's like it's like a tick like they can't help it or they're just like i need to make sure i move my hands to make me seem more approachable or likable or something Mm, i think there's nothing wrong with being nervous in an actual fact i know that from my dance background, we always knew that it was bad luck to not be nervous. I remember the one and only time I wasn't nervous when I went on stage, just wasn't, I just was in this comfortable place and just didn't bring it. So being nervous is normal. And I know I was reading uh, one of Tony Robbins' books, I can't remember which one, but he was saying he's, he still gets nervous before he goes on stage. And I'm like, ah, if Tony Robbins can get nervous, so can I. I think yeah, you're you right. There is a healthy, there is a healthy degree of nervousness. Like there is a, a degree of nervousness where I'm like, this is good nervous. This is like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go. Like I'm amped. I'm, you know, let's do this kind of nervousness where it's just kind of like your energy is like vibrating a little higher than normal. I know that sounds kind of woo woo, but I think people get that. But then there's that crippling nervousness, which is a different, that's a whole different level where you're like going to, you know, you feel like you're going to throw up. Well, physiologically, you know, that Fear and excitement is exactly the same. So it's just about flicking that in your head and saying, hang on a minute, I'm not nervous. I'm so excited. So, you know, it's about being able to control your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I would uh I would also say that if you know, if you're not nervous, then then you're probably not pushing yourself hard enough because you're just like going through the mo like you, you just like I I know this talk so well, like I could just deliver it in my sleep and that's okay. And and mm. you know, some I also think there's something to be said for like overcompensating because like you're you're you know the bigger the audience the bigger your hand motions are supposed to be and and the bigger you're supposed to pace and everything needs to be bigger because the the stage Mm -hmm. is bigger but there's also like knowing the type of like crowd that you're going out to uh knowing the situation knowing who spoke before you if you can you know pull from that seeing how the audience reacts to that like there's so many things that you can do to like you know get more comfortable with the fact that like i'm about to go out and talk to all these people and uh and and they want you know for the most part they want to hear you because if they didn't they would just like walk out of the room right like mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. and not only do they want to hear you but they also are rooting for you like nobody absolutely. wants to yeah. get up there and fail i mean one thing that i do is i i sort of scan and look for the friendly faces because they're always there they're always yes. like people Who's that are looking? smiling like, like looking. you're making eye contact with you yep. and, and for some reason like they're like my anchors and i'll yep. you know i'll talk to those two or three people that are really i think you know really trying to communicate a positive message to me and I try to get that person in the audience for people too because I so appreciate it when somebody makes eye contact they're not looking at their phone they're not looking bored they don't give that body language that you experienced at that one event Sam like I really appreciate when people do that and so I try to do that for other speakers as well because why not like yeah get the claps exactly get the energy back yeah no definitely but you don't but you the other thing is it's hard to sometimes assume that just because somebody folds their arms and sits back doesn't mean that they're not listening and not taking it in. Everybody has their own way of expressing, you know, some people like lean in and some people like lean back. Some people, you know, will sit there and like flick a pen around in their fingers. Like some people will listen and they'll still be on their phone. Like you don't know that they're listening, but they, you know, it's hard to tell sometimes, but depend. but again, that goes back to like, is there a thousand people in the room and like a handful of those people are doing it versus like is there 10 people in the room and every single person is doing that that's a great point joe don't assume the worst because in the day of the days of social media a lot of people are tweeting quotables from speakers mm-hmm. and so they'll that be looking down at their phone and sharing the wisdom that you're that you're putting out there on social media but it might look like you said it might look like they're they're checked out of your talk but they're actually really engaged it just yeah maybe obvious totally. so that's all good oh, i want to congratulate um lou Uh, He let us know that he is going to be speaking at a national gathering of campus presidents next week, right before PodFest. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's that's pretty big. I mean, campus presidents are a big deal. (laughs) So for us to round out this topic, guys, I'd love to get to. Absolutely. And, you know, this this episode is about uh, getting more speaking gigs. From the perspective of a conference organizer, maybe you can help people to really understand what is it that you're looking for so that people can really make sure they're putting their best foot forward yeah absolutely go ahead joe uh you, you want to start what what uh what can they do to make sure that they're putting their best foot forward yeah so if i want to come and speak at independent podcast conference mm-hmm. what what can i do to make sure that you go wow i have to have sam speaking at my conference answer all the questions properly <laughs> don't put down topic of talk the name of my podcast don't include a selfie or a picture of you wearing a mask 
in your <laughs> in your in your submission form. You know, be somewhat responsive to emails. Be somewhat res- like actually open the emails if I'm sending it to you. You know what I mean? Like there's so many people that just never got back to me. So you understand the like I said what you're getting into. Like so many times the people will be like, "Well, I, I if I'm going to be a spotlight speaker and and only get like a 60% discount, well then I'm not interested in coming." It's like, "Oh, okay. Like there's there's plenty of other people behind you mm-hmm. it's not the other just you know communicate back with me and let me know so i can make it you know make the adjustments that i need to make but um yeah i i would say uh you know putting your best foot forward if it's calling for one topic per submission do one topic per submission don't try to <laughs> put in three of them and then make me look stupid later when i like okay that looks good but i didn't realize that like there was no commas in that you know submit that area of submission so then i post it and i'm like well, which one was it? I don't know. Like, I didn't even realize it was three. I, I just read the first one and like, okay, yes. So it was all my fault, but like one one topic, you know. Mm. Um, and, and I think also, you know, don't be afraid to, to submit the things that are outside the box. I got to speak at the United Nations uh, on podcasting at a word, uh, a word camp, yeah. uh, word camp, New York. So, you know, don't be afraid to submit outside the box because everybody else might be submitting something that's the same as everybody else. So, you know, think outside the box and and then, you know, be ready to to deliver you know, when it comes time to actually show up and, and do it and, and don't, and don't bounce, you know, try to be, be, yeah. be a good member of the community the best that you can. Not everybody can show up for three days straight and all that. Like I, you know, with two kids, two little ones, I totally get it, but you know, do, do the best that you can for that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I look, I look for fresh voices, fresh perspectives, people that have some experiences that might be a little different uh, with a smaller conference. I feel like we can take some risks on people. I still look for that consistent branding on all the platforms and professionalism. I definitely look for that. But the only thing outside say is that, you know, research the event. Like, mm. like Joe touched on this a little bit, but I can't tell you how many emails I get going, oh, I heard about DC PodFest. How do you, how, how do you be a speaker? And I'm like, well, if you went to dcpodfest.com, there's a speaker application right there. It's like, you're yeah. not even willing to do that. And yes. so, so that's just irritating. And then the other thing I'd say is that it's not just a one and done. Like it's not just speaking for 30 minutes or eight minutes or whatever it is. Think of it as a long-term relationship because conference organizers know other conference organizers. Mm-hmm. Joe and I know each other. We know Chris Kremitzos. We know Jared Easley. Um, I know other people who produce events unrelated to podcasting. When you are a speaker and you are show up professionally and you are a team player, like in other words, like you promote, you show up on time, you stay, you uh, you post promote, you you give us a testimonial, you, you do all of these things that make us want to work with you. We're going to think of you for the next conference we're going to write you a testimonial. We're going to refer you to other conference organizers. We're going to think of you when we have other opportunities arise. So you you have to think of it as a long-term relationship and, and put your all into it, even if you're not getting paid, even if it's a small conference or an event. So that's what I look for. I look for people that are really invested in the experience. 100%. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great tips. Okay. That's, that's, that's it for that topic, I think. Yes. I, I think we can yeah. move on to the next segment. Uh, briefly here. We're going to talk about Airbnb. We talked about Airbnb a few weeks ago versus Marriott, but apparently Airbnb versus the bros throwing bro bashes at their, at their houses, which apparently they're trying to stop. 
Uh, so I'm going to share. Stop it. Yeah. Yes. Well, I saw in that in this but this article that we're talking about, there was actually a shooting at, at one of these big parties, and that's yeah. why they're trying to stop it. And I'm sure that also homeowners that live next door to an Airbnb don't really want to be next to a you know an Airbnb that's having constant parties. So yeah. So Airbnb is pushing its hosts to install smart party sensors to stop a big bashes once and for all. I was interested in this article in Business Insider for several reasons. One, the technology I think is fascinating because these party sensors actually sense like humidity, like coming off of like body sweat what? and noise. I'm also interested in it because we had, we brought up this topic uh, last week, there's also some privacy concerns because there have been some accusations that Airbnb hosts are, you know, you know, installing surveillance systems and actually spying on their guests because of these experiences, these bad experiences mm. where there's been property damage. The instance that that Sam mentioned where there was a shooting, I think five people mm. were killed. I mean, this, is, this is not a, this is not a, yeah, five party goers wow. were killed in a shootout that was at a California Airbnb back in October. So we're not talking, you know, just a, you know, a stain on the carpet or a nick on your furniture. I mean, this is, this is major damage and, you know, rising to criminal behavior. But what is, what, okay. And I also have my third interest in it is who's making money on these party sensors. Is this Air, Airbnb does not make the party sensors, but they are, they do have the potential to move a lot of them through mm -hmm. their Airbnb properties. So I'm assuming they're getting a kickback. I'm not saying that's good or bad, but maybe we should be transparent about that Airbnb. How do you guys feel about this? Better than a camera. <laughs> like, I, I agree. It's better, it's better than a camera. I read this through the eyes of a property owner. Yes. If I own a property and that's the major in financial investment for my future, I don't want it <laughs> ruined. So I looked at this and went big tick from me. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's, uh, it's, it's coolish. It's coolish. Not foolish. Uh, I think it's, I'm, I'm voting coolish. I, I think as long as it's not like a wiretapping the room and it's going by like the, the, like you said, the humidity and the volume level of the of it. Yeah, I think right. uh, I think that's that's more than I think that's more than fair. Uh, yeah, are they listening to your conversations or yeah, is it just that, a decibel not, like reader? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. it's a decibel reader because like I know they're reader. not crazy about yeah. the whole camera thing, but you know what? This is why we can't have nice things, folks. Because <laughs> this is exactly why you know we deserve this. We deserve yeah. these 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 devices. I think if Airbnb is going to have a long term future. I think this type of technology is going to be needed. Mm, 100%. I was going to say, Eric Hunley, what's up, Eric? Uh, says Eric. there's always a concern about who are the actors in this. Hotels have to be very satisfied with the Airbnb black eyes. Probably. I mean, yeah, sure. I, I would think so. Uh, Mary Sue says she wants one as a parrot when she's yes. out of town. Oh, yes. my gosh. Yeah, I Absolutely. Think that. Oh. You can move like a cheap, like hundred dollar, like poop. I put it up in like the living room or something. Yeah. yeah. I bet my parents yeah. wish they had have had one back in the day because I was a naughty teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just wonder how sensitive they are. Like, like if you turn on the jacuzzi or you have a hot bath, is it going to be sending off this sensor and there's going to be the Airbnb police showing up? It actually like, doesn't. I've seen, I saw this actually quite a few months ago in a home renovation episode that was done in Palm Springs oh, and okay. because because this particular house 
had a lot of expensive furniture in it. It was a retro house. They actually installed these and it's just, it's not going to be set off just by normal music okay. or, you know, just a family. But as soon as it reaches a certain decibel level, which isn't possible when it's just a few people around, it won't go off. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. I, I'd already seen this and I think it's a fantastic idea. I agree, Sam. If I was a property owner, I would be like, take my money. How many, you know, do I need one per room? How many do I need? Let's, let's get this done. So, Absolutely. okay. Yeah, technology's cool, guys. Technology's so cool. It, it yeah. is, and it can be, you know, it, pr- it protects the privacy of the people staying there. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all for that. Uh, so who wants to to kick off grind my gears this week? I'm I know, gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be quiet. I don't know if we have time for all three of us have one. I, I do I, have one this week. I think for the first go, time go. in in quite a few episodes, and I've chosen this one because it matches today's topic perfectly well. And this one really grinds my gears, and I promise I won't get all crazy. And I want to present this as a learning opportunity for our listeners and our viewers so that they don't do this. But I absolutely get so hot onto the collar when people reach out to be on my podcast and it's clear they haven't researched my show, researched my audience, listened to my show. I'm not talking about subscribing and listening to, you know, 10 episodes in <laughs> 10, but at least just tuning in and listening to the, the vibe of the show and then reaching out in a personal way. Like I know a lot of podcast hosts have, you know, a lot of trouble getting guests. I have the opposite problem. Like I'm sending out daily emails saying, I'm sorry, I can't take you. But it would just make it so much easier if you just did a bit of research. Oh, in other other ways, it makes it so easy for me to say no thanks (laughs) because I can see that they're not a fit because they just haven't researched. So people, do your research before you ask for an opportunity. Please, pretty please. Yes, yes. The guy who invented copy and paste recently died and I'm sad about that. Yeah. But these people are abusing his invention. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think I've, it was had, meant for this. I've had emails that say, hi, Angela. I've had things, dear podcast host. I mean, I've had it all, man. Who's Angela? Hashtag, who's Angela? Who's Angela? Oh, my God. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everybody calm down. Everybody calm down. Okay. Here here you go. Here you go. Hey, Joe, I came across your podcast. Podcast title. And instantly Ah. loved it. (laughs) I like the style of conversations, the questions asked, and the kind of experts you bring on the show instant subscriber here i also know a lot of people that would love to listen to your show a lot you said i mean and it goes on and on from there but like oh wow. yeah but, but it's just hilarious it. to see like podcast title podcast title oh. yep just know. Just know. Yeah. Eric, Eric knows what we're talking about. Eric, Eric knows what we're talking about. Endless stream uh, of people. Yeah. So that that's a thing. All right. So then we'll just move on to the one cool thing. I mean, I got a really cool thing. <laughs> oh, you go then, Joe. Yeah, we go, can't Joe. wait. No, yeah, you you always have the cool things. I do have the cool I do have the cool things. So uh for all those that know me know that I've been for the last four years have been driving my Audi S3 and I absolutely love and adore the car, but I didn't love and adore it enough 
to pass or to to pass up on a uh, a Chevy Bolt, a 2020 Chevy Bolt. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's an electric vehicle, 260 mile range, and basically it. I mean, it's. I mean, it's it, it's it's awesome. Like, yeah, it's not it's not the Audi that I love, but in a lot of ways, it's a lot better than the Audi that I love. Uh, so I traded it in, and I have been absolutely like enthralled with the idea that like I don't have to go to a gas station anymore. That's cool. Oh, like, that's the coolest bit. I or a petrol station. That, is that a petrol station? That is a petrol station. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, can I just take a moment to thank our audience for the podcast money that has allowed you to purchase uh, a 2020 car this year? Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you thank all you. who are making that car payment possible. We appreciate your financial support. <laughs> And Joe's uh, carbon footprint is shrinking before your eyes. Absolutely. A little bit. A little bit. Congratulations uh, on your new family member, Joe. Thank yes. you. Thank you. The, the, uh, Ava named, well, I named it and Ava blessed it. Uh, Eevee is the name, like the Pokemon, because it's, a, you know, it's Eevee electric vehicle. Oh, you get it. Uh, but yeah, so it's, <laughs> it, it's really like, it's, it's so, it's so cool. <laughs> so fast awesome. too. Like, you know, it's not as fast as a Tesla. I wouldn't like, I also would like to thank, uh, not to just thank the people that have been spot, uh, you know, um, financially backing this show. I, I have to thank GM for the generous, you know, re- instant rebate that they gave of $8,500. The state what? of New Jersey for $5,000 in cash and 0% sales tax and the federal credit of eighteen seventy five. So like, thank you, because without without all of you, there is no me getting this car and shrinking. Oh, my, my goodness. Bucket, so so yeah. GM is not my friend because down under they just announced last week that they are not supplying our country with Holdens anymore. So that's probably why you've got your benefit because it's all been cut down here. Jeez. Very, very sad time down here for Australians. That is sad. Are the fires still going on as a quick update down there? Um, We don't hear about it anymore. It's all coronavirus. Pretty pretty much out. Yeah, it's it's all good. I mean, lots of mop up, but um, yeah. That is good to hear. I do not have a new car. I'm just banking my riches, waiting to saving up for an island. That's, hey, that's as long the, as we can come and record oh, from the yeah. island, we're okay. We're yes. okay with that, aren't we? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> that's the future. The future is island. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> Love it. Love it. What's right. your one cool thing, Jen? Do I have time? I don't yeah, know. I got a few minutes. Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's cool. I just found it today. Go to agent.growthtools.com. It's related to our topic. So far, I'm happy with it. What it does is it uh, allows you to search for conferences and events where you might be able to find speaking opportunities and you can search by geographical area or internationally or nationally and also by topic. Uh, So our audience type, I I guess I should say by audience type, and um, it lists them in a nice list and it gives you a button for details and you can save any conferences that you're interested in Uh into a a list so that you can refer back. Anyway, it's, uh, I, I played around with it today to make sure that the information the data that was populating was current and it is and it appears to be accurate uh it was free you do have to sign up for an account but it didn't cost me anything so check it out it's called agent wow. but the the site is agent.growthtools.com yeah in partnership with speaker lab which is this guy right here grant baldwin uh who i've had on my show and uh oh. are friends with on facebook yeah is cool, that good cool is that yeah cool yeah, guy, right? yeah he's a good guy yeah he's anyway, a good guy that's 
That's so cool. Really? Yeah, that is yeah. super cool. That's a cool Small one. World. So, so mine's going to be really, really fast because it's not cool like a car. It is not cool <laughs> like that, but it is useful. So I'll be the I'll be like the mum today and go, okay. well, this is useful. It's hello sign. It's hellosign.com. It's to be able to send forms through for signing with other people. It's not new, but I love this. I just took on a new staff member this morning. So it meant that I could just send her her independent contractor agreement and you just drag in where you want to put the signatures, where, where you want people to initial and date. What's awesome about it is it emails directly to them. You get an email notification when they open it. You get another email notification when they sign it. And then you can just get the PDF and, you know, download up and put it into Google Drive, whatever. So it's not cool, but it is a super awesome tool to use in your business. I thoroughly recommend it. You get three, you can do three free documents per month. Um, and if you do more than three per month, then it's not very much to sign up for. But it's it's great for all sorts of documents. Are you kidding me? That's totally cool. That's oh, awesome. Thanks, they, they Jen. Totally, totally they, cool. It's the if, coolest. Well, you know, it'd be really cool if they wanted <laughs> to go over to uh, their email at questions at businessgeekspodcast.com and, and reach out to us about sponsoring the show. That'd be even cooler. What, you that need another car? You need yeah, another yes. car, well, Joe? Well, I hang on, hang on. No, I got a minivan that's not electric. So, I need, yes, I need an okay, electric Well, now you're just being greedy, and I think our audience is not going to to like that. Don't be greedy, Joe. Oh, come on, we greedy. do want this island. I, I yeah, really right? want the oh, island. You just want an island. <laughs> I just want the island. I just want to shrink my carbon footprint. That's all. <laughs> well, I don't know. How how are yachts on carbon footprints? Because you got to take that to the island. They are not. <laughs> I'm dreaming big. <laughs> That's what we do on Business Geeks. We dream big. Absolutely. <laughs> we do. And we okay, also dream Ross. about ending this show. And what up, Aww. Ross? Thank you for it does it does go by too fast but if you want to get more business geeks you can go check out our previous episodes over at businessgeekspodcast.com or you can come back next tuesday mm-hmm. every for, tuesday eight, every tuesday 8 p.m at eastern to add uh the, where are we at? Facebook.com slash Business Geeks Podcast to watch live, interact in the chat like we got Ross Brand doing right now and Eric Hunley and Brent Basham and Mary Sue and Sharon Folk and Lou Hastings and uh, any other names. Uh, Mary, that did you say Mary Sue? I, did, I said Mary okay. Sue. She gets too. And Nick, Nick G over there. Lots of uh, cool people. Lots so of yes. many cool people. They're, yes. they're, you know what? You're all invited to the island. Oh, here first. Early adopters. Island. <laughs> early I love it. We're gonna reward your 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 well, early I, loyalty. I, when is Epstein's Island going up for sale? Because I'm that's sure that'll go pretty cheap. Oh, I don't want that nasty, dirty. Uh, I was gonna say oh, I don't want that island. You that, bulldoze that, that, it. We'll bulldoze it. You won't even know. You won't even. Can you know. bulldoze an island? I don't know. You can bulldoze the buildings on the island. The, the, oh, the creepy buildings. No, no, we do I, not there's want that way island. too much DNA on that island. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, stop. 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 All right. We, well, with that said, I hope everybody has an amazing week and we have to figure out what our topic for next week is but we will do that right after i hit the stop button everybody take care